Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Okay, it's time for Maximize Your Influence Podcast 478. Kurt Mortensen here. Welcome back. Hey, tell your family and friends about the podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google. Give us some feedback. Give us some reviews. Love it when you do that. That really helps us out. So today we're to get into the tripod, the three legs, or I should say the trifecta of a perfect persuader, a perfect salesperson, that person that's made it happen. There are three areas, call it a tricycle of three legs, but I like the trifecta. What's a trifecta? Well, the word actually comes from horse racing. And in horse racing, a trifecta is when you predict the first, second, and third place finishers in the correct order of a race. Now, in business, it's kind of a trifecta represents uh, three positive achievements, three things, three conditions, three events. And that's what we're talking about. Three things that need to be in place, three conditions that need to be in place for people to be that perfect salesperson. What are those three buckets, the three areas, the three prongs? Well, there's probably more, but I've run out for now. Three is a great number, especially in presentations. That's about the number the brain can remember, two to three. It's a good number for us to use. We also see it used when there's like three critical components, three critical ingredients to get a particular result. So the trifecta of, uh, let's say, a milkshake would be great ice cream, a great blender, and great ingredients. I mean, you don't even need a cup. You could eat it right out of the (laughs) blender if you needed to. That would be a trifecta. That's what we're talking about. Hope you're having a great week. Things are going well. You're achieving your goals. You're working on your EQ. You're happier than ever before. That's part of EQ. Actually, reading some books on happiness in the brain and your diet and a few other things, pretty interesting stuff. We've learned a lot about the human brain in the last 10 years and what, the last 100 years combined? And it accelerates every day why we do what we do. Or don't do what we're supposed to do. Did most of what we could have in ours didn't have to travel, but it's just not as fun as being face-to-face, but we did it, made it happen. Working with some nonprofit organizations with the National Day of Service coming up. Let me know if you want to participate in that. Send me an email, Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com for wanting to participate in the National Day of Service. Questions, comments, rude remarks, geeky, scarly articles you want me to review, or even Blunders or Ninja. If I use them on the podcast, you get the gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com. So this is a nonprofit group. We're actually getting eyeglasses together for other parts of the world, hoping to do 100,000 eyeglasses in a week and 100,000 food kits, which are the type of food kits that school teachers keep to wear if someone's not getting enough food, they're not sure what's going on, they just pull right out of the cupboard. It's good to go, ready to roll. Good cause. Let me know if you want to participate. That's coming up soon. But let's dive into not the blunder, the persuasion ninja. One of the things I do is I'm an executive speech coach. Help people create persuasive presentations. And I can review them for people. Let them know how persuasive it is, where to crank it up. Always good to get another set of eyes. I always do on my presentations. So I'm not going to name names. You know, some people come after me and ask me, well, Kurt, are you harder to persuade the most? Are you easier? You know all the techniques. And I say without even really hesitating, I'm easier. Now, let me back up a little here. 
I am easier when it's done right. Now, when people are sloppy using old closing techniques and not very good, I probably am a little more brutal. Yeah, bad technique. That closing skill went out a long time ago. I'll be honest. But when people are really good, I appreciate it. When they've done it well, when it's a finely tuned engine, I appreciate that. I think I'm easier to persuade when it's done right. Especially below the radar, people should be easy to persuade. You're helping them persuade themselves. They don't feel persuaded or sold. That's done the right way. And even when people start getting to C-level or persuading millionaires, they've done a lot of real estate negotiation training and people are concerned, well, they're wealthy, they're successful. Millionaires, successful people, C-level are easier to persuade. I'm not saying 100%, but I'm saying for the most part. You're like, what do you mean? Now, I'll agree they're harder to get in front of. It's harder to get their time. It's harder to get a presentation in front of them. But once you're there, I've seen that they're much easier to persuade. They're like, hey, persuade me, sell me. What do you got? You got 10 minutes, go. They're not the type of prospect that resists you before they even know what you have or what you're selling or what you do or what problem you can solve. So get that in your mind that when you get in front of the right people, they are easier. There's less resistance. And they'll say, sell me, close me, go, persuade me. You've got 10 minutes, you got 15 minutes. Get it's harder to get in front of them. You might not have as much time but they are easier to sell and persuade. So I was critiquing this video. It was a financial product. They started building the pain. You know, you missed out in the past. They started listing all the things that people had missed out on that they knew they could have made a big profit from, went through it. Great offer, a lot of social validation. That would be testimonials of just average, normal people that people can relate to. Then they built the value. It was worth over $1,000. Then they went to $199. Don't be afraid to go high. They've established a value at two, one down to $199. And then he went down to $49. And even better than that, he went to for just 13 cents a day. Put it in perspective, really? Who doesn't want to be financially independent for 13 cents a day? It was awesome. They did it all perfectly. I call it the law of contrast. It's maximum influence. Had a great before and after picture. Talked about being an orphan and how he grew up and he just built a picture. If you're trying to help parents with obedient children, you got to tell them that your kids were terrible. They were rotten off the charts and now they're perfect. You were fat, but now you're fit. You were broke, but now you're wealthy. He did a good job in building that picture and how he set it up. It was perfect. That is the ninja. There you go. You should do the same thing. I love it when it's done the right way. And by the way, when infomercials fail, and I've heard from some industry experts that 90% of infomercials fail, it's pretty high, is they just add more social validation, more testimonials. That seems to be key. That's the trick. Now, infomercials are on late at night because your resistance is down. So I encourage you to watch. You don't have to buy, but watch some infomercials, maybe when your resistance is up, so you don't buy the knives that cut through a shoe that you, I'm sure you need, or the haircutting machine that hooks up to a vacuum machine. We've seen some real fun ones out there. But you're going to see, you know, call to action every probably 12, 15 minutes. They're going to help you paint the picture so you can visualize yourself using it. Hey, if you have time and you're flipping the channel, watch an infomercial. It's a great form of education in the world of sales and persuasion. So there you have it. There's our ninja, which brings us to our geeky scarly article. This comes from PNAS, Journal of Personal Social Psychology and Media Psychology. You speaks to me. Effects of generic you in creating resonance between people and ideas. 
So that's a long title, but it's just about verbal packaging, the words you use. So they're saying feeling resonance. That means give something meaning. So when you resonate with something, feel resonance, it gives you meaning. So they went through some linguistic devices and they found that the word you, they were looked at some Amazon research, Amazon Kindle application, and found that the generic word you was substantially more likely to appear in passages that people highlighted versus did not highlight. There's something about the word you when we're reading that we underline it more. Interesting. So the example they use is you can't understand someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. They give the example of, you know, watching that gripping scene in a movie, hearing that song that moves you, that quotation that just rocks your world, that gives it resonance, gives it meaning, gives you a connection. The U's were highlighted 12 times more than just the basic, basic. But when you can use these linguistic indicators, they call them, words, generic you, we, one, people, it just resonates with people. They listen more. To not only grab attention, but keep people's attention and let them know they're part of the group, part of the team, where you're speaking to them specifically. So here's the bottom line. These findings demonstrate that linguistic devices referring to people in general and especially the generic you, were substantially more likely to appear in passages that individuals highlighted while reading compared to passages they did not highlight. Now, do you use you versus we? Now, when you're talking about someone, you're going to get better, you're going to be successful, you're going to solve this problem, yes. If you're building team, let's us, we, let's get it done by Friday. Statistically, polls better than you get it done by Friday when you want them to do it specifically in that situation. So depends if you want the team atmosphere, we're all together, or you need to get this done. And that's even important in sales copy that it sounds like you're speaking to the one person, not to everybody out there, but to the one, to the person that needs that product or service. So it depends, inspiring, criticizing, feedback, but you pulls well, highlight it more, has more meaning, and I'll add it grabs their attention. So that is your geeky, scarly article. And of course, I'll post these articles at MaximizeYourInfluence.com, all the articles there, the specials will be there. This week's special, free, what? Yeah, free, where I have a webinar on the perfect persuasive presentation, the structure, how to set it up, how to do it, how to convince with charisma. Let me give you the link. I'll put the link right on there. Just launching it. Would love your feedback on it. And you can get trained on that perfect persuasive presentation. So let's get into the trifecta, the one, two, and three, the secret ingredient, the the secret sauce of a perfect persuasive salesperson. And this would go to anybody in the world of persuasion, influence, sales, negotiation. And as far as trifecta, I'm not putting these in any particular order. I would say they're all of equal importance, but all three are critical. So I'm not saying number one is the most important. They're all important. Number one, product knowledge. You got to know your stuff. So you need to know your features. You need to know your benefits. You need to know your products inside and out and how those features translate into benefit for the customer. You should never assume they can assign a benefit to your feature. Unless they're a subject matter expert or maybe a purchaser that's in it all day long. Too many times we throw these persuasion darts. You should do it because of this, their features, the logic. You should do it because of this and hopefully stick. Never assume they can assign a benefit to it. If I say a car has 500 horsepower, half of you are like, woo, giddy up, yeah, power. The other you're like, I don't know what that means. So when you have your feature benefit, we've done this before, you ask yourself, which means? 
does it mean to have a 500 horsepower engine? You know, who cares? Why is that important? Now that's going to help you customize and tailor your presentation to their needs and they feel like it. When your prospect feels like one size fits all, you're given the same pitch and presentation to everyone, they will disconnect from you. Now it might be true, everyone has the same problem, but they still need you to feel like you're talking to them. The you, the personal touch. Now be careful here. Sometimes salespeople get to know too much and they become free consultants and they are so excited with how much they know your prospect not be ready for it. So a lot of times, too much is revealed too quick, too soon, too much, and an overwhelmed and confused brain says no. So this is good, but reveal a little bit at a time. Let them discover some things, how it's going to solve their problem, because if you data dump the whole thing, that becomes a challenge. So careful those persuasion darns. Don't just throw them. Don't assume. Like I was doing secret shopping for a Cadillac, right? Let's look at the Escalades, and he was just throwing darts. Heated seat. I'm like, okay, is there a benefit there? No, I'm always hot. Well, what about for my wife? What about to keep a pizza warm? What about as a great practical joke when your kid's sitting in the front seat? Oh, well, there's some benefits. Well, it has a camera. When you back up, okay, I look over my shoulder. What's the benefit? SUV, hello, kids, bikes, tricycles, back up to a boat on your own. It has benefits. See, the challenge when you throw these darts, that you throw a dart, a feature that gives them a concern or objection. Like in this Cadillac, well, it has satellite radio, 150 stations. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought it stunk. I'll never use it. Does it going to cost extra? How do I cancel? Well, there'll be a hole in my console. I'm a personal development junkie. I'm not going to listen to that. That's the challenge of throwing the persuasion dart. So that's the very first one. Product knowledge. Turn those features into benefits and quit throwing the darts. And again, careful that you're not overloading with too much information. I'm glad you're the expert and you should be but only reveal a little bit at a time. Studies show even with lawyers, a little bit at a time to the jury, let them discover a little bit more, let them discover, let them figure out a little bit more. That's the most persuasive. Then instead of, here it is all at once, this is what you need to think about. And let me add a little thing too, is that that includes your competitors. You need to know them inside out, your industry. You need to be a product of the product, product of the industry. You need to be using it. You need to be part of it. You need to be going to the trade shows. You need to be reading the articles, the magazines, whatever's coming in your industry. Maybe it's all online now. So this product knowledge is your products, but it's also your industry and your competitors. Number two, the success mindset. Yeah, you have to get that resilience, that persistence to know that some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? You got to get past your fear of prospecting. Because that's why salespeople get paid so much. The good ones is they face it. They get rejection. They get told no. They bounce back from setbacks. They have a positive attitude. They've worked on their belief system. They have a vision of the future. They know what they want to accomplish. And what this resilient success mindset does is that you learn from failures and setbacks. And so if you have a failure, you don't feel like a failure. It's just a learning opportunity. You adapt and you move on. So you have that positive attitude. Where does that attitude come from? Your expectations. You expect that most people will listen. Most people will say yes. You need to have that confidence, not the arrogance, but the confidence that you need to build trust, to connect with other people, that you can come across as the expert. Big one I would take a look at for a lot of people that holds people back is your belief system. You have conflicting beliefs. When you were young, say first, second grade, you're told something about yourself or told something about money or about success or about successful people that becomes a belief. And that holds us back sometimes as an adult because, well, money's the root of all evil. 
Well, no, hey, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. But money is what you're going to use to give back, change the world, and make your community a better place. So sometimes we get stuck. It could be, oh, I need a safe job, but I want to be an entrepreneur. Those don't conflict, but they could conflict for you. So think about some of your beliefs about wealth and success and money. Do you have conflicting beliefs? And then once you identify those, you can fix those. Because if a plane has two control towers telling you what to do, it's never going to hit the runway, never hit the target. And the same thing's true with you. So get your beliefs aligned. And then from there, we can work on fear and your thoughts and your time management. But this is something where you never arrived. So that is the second part of the trifecta success mindset. Number three, sales skills, sales tools. Are you the typical salesperson that has three, four, maybe five sales tools? Have you filled up your toolbox with over a hundred of them? Because there's well over a hundred. If you've gone through 111 sales hacks, you know I keep adding those all the time. So that database, that list is growing very, very fast. So just remember with your sales skills, one size doesn't fit all. I mentioned that earlier to adapt and learn to persuade people how they want to be persuaded. Don't go to your default selling and sell people how you like to be sold or persuaded. You have to adapt to them to understand the human brain, understand the sales process, learn to be an effective communicator, critical for salespeople. And with that, okay, we've got to learn how to text. We got to learn how to Zoom and do Microsoft meetings. We have to learn how to do email better. We need to learn how to write sales copy, do face-to-face. These are your communication skills to keep them engaged. If they're not engaged, they're not listening in any one of those medium, you've got to take some ownership and like, uh, it's probably me. Because great communication skills enable salespeople to build rapport, address objections, and show people the benefits of their product or service. Presentation skills are now more important than written skills. That's why YouTube's the number two search engine. Just show me how it works. But you have to be engaging with attention spans being all-time low. You have to be more charismatic. And you have less time, but that's a big part of your sales skills. Others, your ability to build trust, your ability to connect and build relationships, build rapport. If you're interested in those, go back to the archives. I've done plenty of podcasts on those specifically. Or even Persuasion IQ talks about those different traits and characteristics of great persuaders. And become a better negotiator, a better closer. These skills all matter. That's what I've been working on is how do you bring this whole process in a strategic system step-by-step that makes it easy to persuade and sell. And I'll let you know when we get that done. I'm very close, actually. I've been working on it for five years, but it's something that's fun for me and exciting to put together to see, all right, step-by-step, there is a system to follow. So which one should you work on? All three. Product knowledge. Remember, that includes competition in your industry. Success skills. That includes beliefs, confidence, attitude, time management, And sales skills, negotiation, closing, trust, rapport, presentation skills. Now, final thought, you've never arrived at any of these. You can never say, oh, good for the trust, good with the negotiation. We always need to get up to speed on our industry, our products, our service. They're always changing. Our success mindset is something we're always working on, improving and growing and changing and building. That's something that we've never arrived. Otherwise, we'll start going in a downward spiral. And of course, sales skills. Sales skills change, people change. The way you present changes. We're always working on these. So don't get stuck and say, yeah, I'm good. Those are the big three, the trifecta, the tripod, the triominoes, (laughs) the three buckets, whatever you want to call it, of the perfect salesperson. So thanks for being here. Appreciate your love and support. Let me know how things are going for you and what topics you want to hear 
on Maximize Your Influence. I'll link that free webinar on the perfect, persuasive, charismatic, close everyone you see presentation. That's going to be at Maximize Your Influence. Just click on the link under podcast 478 or send me an email, Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Pick one of the three that you're going to focus on first. Create a roadmap for your personal development program. And I know you'll be more influential, a better negotiator, better closer, a better person, make more money, and have the ability to persuade with power.